Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Graham Wardle. He is best known for his role on the hit TV series in Canada known as Heartland. He's Ty Borden, Amy's love interest and husband. Now, since the show, he's been busy working on self-discovery, some growth, some empowerment, lots of things, and he even has a podcast called The Time Has Come. And boy, is that a great podcast. We'll be talking about that. He's also an author. He has two books, and he's very well enlightened when it comes to spirituality and and how that ties into your health, your mental health, and your well-being. And today, we're going to have a great conversation for you on finding spirituality, what it looks like, connecting with your higher self, and how that plays out in different types of things from float tanks to meditation to silent meditations and more. It's a great podcast. You guys are going to love it. Let's introduce you to Graham Wardle. Hey, Health Junkies, I have Graham Wardle on today, and I'm so excited to have him on because my husband and I are huge fans of his podcast, Time Has Come. You know, he's got two books, so many things. We'll talk about it today, but really just wanted to say thank you so much, Graham, for coming on and chatting with me today. I'm excited to be here, Janine. Thanks for having me on. Hey, my pleasure. So, you know, it's funny, we we came to get to know you, you know, over the years watching different TV shows, of course, but really when the pandemic hit and you started your podcast, my husband was like, did you have to listen to, to Graham's podcast? He's really saying things that we can resonate with because really, honestly, my husband and I were zombies somewhat prior mm. to the pandemic and really started to realize like, oh, wow, we're more than just who we are. And we started our self-discovery and, 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 all the things spirituality. So, of course, my first question always has to be, what? Why was the time has come? You know, give us a scoop between the time <laughs> coming. Why was it the right time to start a podcast? What was going on? For me, what? Why? Why did I start a podcast? I yeah. um, I was going through a major shift in my life, a chapter change. Uh, I was uh, leaving a job of working on a television show for fourteen years. Um, you know, the longest running Canadian one hour drama in, in our history here. Um, it was top five on Netflix uh, during the pandemic. So it was a very popular show with a lot of people. But in my heart, I felt uh, this calling to move to move on. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity. And I learned so much. And it was a major development for me to be a part of that show. But I just felt like the time had come to move on. And that just that name came to me. I was in a meditation actually, and I was going through a uh, separation at the time uh, from my, in my previous marriage there and leaving the show and just sort of recalculating, recalibrating my life. I had a little health scare, thought I might have cancer. And so all these things sort of culminated to me kind of getting quiet and being present with myself. And then in that silence, this name just popped into my head, which is the time has come. And I just kind of was like, okay, what is that? And then I just got this feeling, a little bit of excitement, um, but it was grounded and it was like this sort of idea of a podcast. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so that's that's where the, the podcast came from. And it just, it was looking back now, I have more context and perspective that it was really about God or the universe or however you see that giving me the 
next step into developing myself and where I needed to grow. And for me, it was about finding my voice and finding more of my integrity, stepping out into that, embracing that and sharing that with the world and inviting others along that journey of asking yourself, getting present, getting quiet. What is the time come for in my life? Where am I just not acknowledging the growth that needs to be embraced? So that's that's the inspiration behind it. That's where it came from. And it's something I'm very passionate about because I feel like all the answers to life's questions and to the things that we need in this moment are there waiting for us. Our job is to get quiet, to listen, and then to have the courage and the faith to take that step. So huge, so huge. And it was a timely message for myself, of course, and my husband, because we were really trying to figure ourselves out at that moment, mm. you know, things that shut down. We're like, what do we do? And as a doc, I was like, oh, wow, there's there's more to this medicine thing. And I was starting to realize that, you know, I'm not getting results with folks like I wanted to. And of course, I went down the pathway of like, oh, I'm the worst doc ever. I suck. You know, this mm. is terrible. And and really started to, you know, think about like, there, there's got to be something else to to humans and, and getting quiet and really figuring ourselves out. And of course, the pandemic gave us time to to really get quiet. So, you know, I, I look at your experience starting the podcast and, and I've listened to, of course, a lot of your podcasts. And one of the one things that really struck me was that you mentioned your history of growing up Catholic. I myself mm -hmm. grew up Catholic and like there's a lot of mind stuff that goes along with growing up a Catholic. Did you find that <laughs> like how you grew up just kind of formed this like weird you know, spirituality connection of sorts that you're like, mm, I don't know if I resonate with that. Give us a yeah. And sure. And I would love to hear yours as well, Janine, because this yeah. is a fascinating chat with, chat with people about that. Um, for me, and I grew up going to church. Uh, my parents would always take us to church. I have five brothers and sisters. So we'd all go to church, we'd sit in the pews, we'd do the kneeling, the sitting, the kneeling, the standing, the singing. And uh, I remember not understanding much of it and just being like, well, my parents are very focused on this. This means something to them. So there must be something here. And so I didn't understand the stories or what the, the priest was saying, but I just sort of made up my own sort of meaning to it, which was be a good person and, and exploring what does that mean to be a good person? And to me, that was in the heart to feeling good in, inside. So that was my younger, uh, my younger sort of understanding of, of faith and, and religion and Catholicism. And then as I got older, did the confirmation and all the different sacraments there. And it was, it was interesting. And then as I got older, I developed my own path and found my own, I would call it relationship to God. And that became primary to over top of following certain rules or following certain traditions. To me, it was about my personal relationship with how I see God, whatever that word you want to use, uh, divine, higher power. And that be, to me became primary, um, as the most important thing. And that's what I encourage. And I share with people that on my podcast and on my network as well is, is that I don't care what your spiritual belief is. I just want to support you in growing stronger with that and going down that path to get a deeper connection. However you see that, whatever language you use. Um, and I've had many conversations with my parents, specifically my mom, who has a very strong faith. And I love chatting with her about her faith because she still goes to church. And, um, what I love about it is that she's open to having conversations and she doesn't uh, take offense to it or get defensive. She, she genuinely wants to grow closer to God. And so I've always respected that about her, even though we don't have the same path anymore. Um, 
I feel to me in my heart, we're in the same place. We're both pursuing that in our own way. And I, I respect that about her and I respect her, her journey. And I love, we have sometimes two hour conversations just about God. And I remember we had this one conversation about learning life's lessons and how, if you don't, if you don't learn the lessons, she said, we were, I was having this question conversation with her. And I said, well, if you don't learn the lesson in this life and you die, and do you still get to go into heaven? And she's, and she was saying, well, from my understanding, there's purgatory and you have to learn the lessons there. And, and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. So I said, well, then why learn any lessons here on earth? If we can learn them all in purgatory, like what would be the point then of learning them here? Can't we just like, kind of like charge them to our credit card and do them later kind of thing. <laughs> and um, I think this was in the context of uh, having multiple lives or, or the idea of, of having, yeah, multiple lives. And Anyways, it was a great conversation. I, I read a book by Dr. Brian Weiss, uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. And it was this this guy, I think it was a psychologist who would was dealing with people, didn't believe in past lives, and then started doing some sort of like hypnosis or regression where he could take them back to their childhood and maybe, you know, call up a memory of where some trauma happened to help them deal with it. And then the people started regressing into past lives and giving details of specifics of a certain time period that there's no way they could have known this. And he was cross-referencing and checking with these people and he... He didn't want to tell anybody. Anyways, it's a great book. And so it fascinated me. And that sort of led me down this path of like, yeah, like in life, if we don't learn a lesson, we can't ever escape it. I've never been able to escape something in my life. And I feel like that's a part of our journey is embracing this lesson, embracing this sacred moment of now and what we're being given to step into. And it's not like when you die, it's just like, Oh, all those lessons, if you didn't complete them, they just go away. Like, I feel like that's the, that's the point of being alive is to, to grow and to expand and to love and to give your gifts and it's ongoing and forever. I can't prove that, but <laughs> I love it. And it's a great idea, at least because it makes me fuller into this moment and more appreciative of this moment and the, the gifts that I've been given and the challenges that I've been given. So that's kind of my spiritual background now. And and how I've sort of uh, appreciated my upbringing in, in Catholicism and going to church and the conversations with my mom and and just kind of diving deeper into this. Um, so curious for you, Janine, what 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 was your journey? Are you still Catholic? Are you still practicing? No, no, I have diverted. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you said, like the get up, sit down, Neil. I was like, I used to call it morning exercise and not the kind of exercise <laughs> I was really interested in. And <laughs> no, you know, we, we're on and, and myself, you know, I, I bring my husband up only because he and I have, are on this journey together. And like, really, it's come to look for that bigger meaning, right? That mm -hmm. bigger purpose of how I can contribute to this world. Because I do same thing, you know, like be a good person, but how can I serve, right? How can I give the world something, right? And and so I went from the Catholic, like, get up, sit down and be like, oh my God, this is terrible. You know, and and no offense to any Catholics out there. I mean, I, I get it. You have like that, like your mom, right? Your two hour conversation. Yeah. has beautiful conversations with my mother-in-law about things. But at the same time, what, what got me in school was I would always be told you got to have faith. And I'm like, explain this thing to me faith you uh, know yes. and and so i kind of got a little burnt on it until i realized i had to figure it out for myself leading into the journey right figuring these things out totally. over and over again yeah it's so crazy yeah and that's that's what i think is beautiful and to me that's what that's the reason i feel so connected to it is that i it's my responsibility and my journey and my relationship and 
there's no box that I'm ticking that says, well, you know, I'm going to get to heaven because I've done these five things. It's an internal honesty with myself and I can feel it. It's in there. And I know when I'm out of alignment with that higher power of God, because I can feel it. And it's like developing that sort of, uh, uh, sensitivity to, to what's going on internally that I think is far better than looking to an authority to tell you, oh, like you're good, you're bad, you're right, you're wrong. It's like, and I'm not saying you just chase your pleasures and you, you know, do whatever feels good in that sense. I'm saying when you get quiet and you get honest and present with yourself, you'll know. And so many of us, myself included, have a difficult time sometimes getting quiet and being honest. It's a simple thing, but it's not easy when you know, being honest with yourself and going, ah, actually, I can feel it deep down. I'm hurting somebody else or I'm hurting myself or I'm chasing something because I think that's going to make me happy. And if I get quiet and I just listen, it will reveal itself to me. I went to a, uh, you know what, Vipassana, the meditation retreats. Have you ever heard of those before? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to one. Enlighten us. You t- <laughs> silence. You just sit in silence for 10 days and you, through, you, you know, go through meditation exercises of body scans and whatnot. And uh, so for 10 days, you don't talk to anybody. You're with other people, though. Uh, the men and the women are, are separate, uh, but you all meditate in the same room together. But then for eating and for sleeping, you all go to your own quarters. And then uh, you, you don't read books. You don't have cell phones. You don't exercise. You don't look people in the eyes. You don't talk. You just do nothing <laughs> but be present. <laughs> and at first, I just thought it would be like, oh, this is a cool challenge. Like, let's see if I could do it. And it showed me so much about myself, Janine. And what I, what I realized was that everything is there waiting, like I said earlier, is waiting for us to, to, to acknowledge, to appreciate all the um, insights and the lessons of what we need is always here in this moment. We're just so distracted. We're just so consumed with stimulus and, and, and you know, things going on that we don't take the time to slow down and listen. And so in that 10 days, I, I really struggled to slow down. It took me a long time. Um, but then once the sort of RPMs of my mind kind of went to this nice, smooth thing, it's just like, it's like the radio signal gets super clear. There's no more static. And it's just like, ooh. Um, I want to do it again. I, I've been saying this for a while and I've had people share with me um, that they've done it recently and they quite enjoyed it. And there's, I think there's a place in Oregon called the dark cave retreats i think it is and it's like same idea but you you have a blindfold on and so it's like Hello. darkness you do for like days wow. but it's it's the same idea it's just going into silence going to stillness going into that sort of emptiness of space and um and being present with what comes up and i think that's a, a very powerful place and the more i'm able to appreciate that acknowledge it and make space for it make time for it uh, the richer my life is. And then the more just unnecessary BS I feel we can avoid because we're present. And it's like, we get those signs, you know, we get those little like, Hey, uh, maybe you should go this way. <laughs> um, but we ignore it. Cause we're like, ah, but I want to, but I want to go this way, you know, like, so in that silence, I feel we're, we're always being guided and given what we need to, to steer our lives in a more fulfilling and sort of nourishing and healthy way it's just uh it's a process <laughs> of listening oh my gosh and and that's the i mean i feel like that's the hardest part for 
everyone once they start to get in this and be like, okay, you know, okay, how do I get these downloads from the universe? Like, I can't even meditate for 10 minutes. God, how do I do, you know, what do I do? Yeah. So, okay. But some people, I think, uh, you know, for me, sometimes it's just going for a walk. Um, I can get clarity for going for a walk or even riding motorcycles. There's a, there's a clarity that comes because your mind is, is similar to a mantra when meditation in, in on a motorcycle, your mind is preoccupied with keeping you alive. So there's this element of like staying vigilant on a bike. And then once you get that under control, then there's this serenity that kind of rises up because the mind is preoccupied enough that you can't really do too much crazy thinking. And then you sort of go into this flow state of just being present and aware. Um, so similar to, to a meditation, uh, obviously different, but it has similarities in terms of just opening up to this, these downloads. So how do you download Janine? You do meditation? Are you a big meditator? You know, that's one of the things I have to be active and meditate. So rock climbing yeah. is one Ooh, Okay, biking. Yeah. I've got to do those kind of things. So otherwise just laying there and trying to shut my brain off. I, I, I can only do it if I float like a float tank or like you were saying, like complete darkness or someone puts me in a space. Like I was thinking when you were mentioning like the, the retreat that you were on, I was thinking about Halcyon Hot Springs in BC. We were there for like two weeks and that was the only time, like the last time that I've actually disconnected and just like completely <laughs> been quiet. So I'm like, I have to do things for some crazy reason. So when you sit to meditate, what happens? What's your, what's your, what's going on? It's just too many thoughts. You can't sit still. I'll make lists. I will make lists of every single person I have to call <laughs> every single patient that I'm like, what I'm working on their stuff in my head. And I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna do yeah. that. I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Does that happen to you? Am I the only one? Oh yeah. All the time, <laughs> all the time. And then I go like my trick, my trick with my brain um, is I go, Oh, you can think about that if you want. I'm just going to stay aware. And my brain goes, oh, but, but I want you to join me in this thought. Like, fine. I don't want to think about that anymore. Like, let me try and come up with something new to distract you. And then it'll come up with something with really urgent and important. Like, you got to think about this. Because like you said, I got to call this person back or whatever. Now, sometimes I'll have to actually write something down. I'll have to make that note. Very rarely is it that urgent. But that's my my sort of trick is I just, I just like a child um, wanting my attention that's how I see sort of see my brain. I love my my brain. I love the thoughts. I love what it does for me. But when I'm sitting in quiet and it tries to distract me with listen stuff, I just I just kind of take that step back and and go like, that's cool. You can think about that if you want. I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to stay present. That's all. Just very gentle. Like it's a very gentle, playful thing. Because if I get too pushy with it, like it's you know what I'm saying. Like it it just makes it it makes it worse. Yeah, <laughs> keeps it going. It makes sense. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to try that out because man, I just end up, I, I do a little bit too much aggressive back. Like stop, stop. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, I think it was, um, I think it was Alan Watts who was talking about this and he said something about like smoothing the waves or the ripples of the water of the pond of your mind. It's like, you can't do that. Like, you know, the thoughts are like the ripples. And if you try and get your hand and smooth them all out, you just create more. And it's like <laughs> it's this, true. it's this like Zen like thing where it's your mind wants to, fix everything and, and, and accomplish meditation of like something you can, you know, do I'm doing it. It's like, no, it's actually the opposite of that. It's just of, of relaxing and letting go. And the less you sort of feed into the thoughts, you just allow them. It's okay. You can think about that if you want. That's my practice. Then it kind of naturally kind of goes, Oh, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> and then it'll spike up again. Okay. All right. Um, and, and for some people it's like, well, that's boring. Like why do that? And, and I'm like, yeah, it is boring. Um, 
but then after the boredom comes a deep peace and groundedness and sense of just being okay. And that to me is a very powerful place to live from. And whether it be exercising or, or meditating, um, getting to that flow state of just being okay with being alive and in this moment, um, with everything that's going on in the world sometimes or in your own personal life, that, that is a true blessing and a gift to be able to get to that place. Um, so for everyone, it's different, but I enjoy meditation. I enjoy just walking, uh, even showers too, like a good hot shower. I don't know about you, but a good hot shower. I can just really clear my head. <laughs> I, yeah. When no, when no one can get me by the phone, like the other thing, this is like the weirdest thing for me is airplanes. I don't know what mm -hmm. it is about airplane. I am just like so focused and on point and there's like, no one's bothering me. I make sure I sit by the window, you know, no one's <laughs> crawling over me. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things though. It's, it's true. Like it, it's the shower. Oh yeah. I agree. It's a calming thing. I think there's something about the water too, that like well, pulling off all the positive ions, you kind of like from the negative ions of the water or something like that. I can't remember what the science is behind it, but there was something about like grounding effect of being in water that like helps sort of like recalibrate you. Um, similarly, like jumping in the ocean too. that love that just as a reset kind of thing is get yourself grounded again or feet on the earth, you know, get your feet actually on the earth. That's another mm. great one. Just kind of get grounded. I think that's important for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of water, and speaking of jumping in the ocean, do you just do you jump in? Do you do you jump into the cold waters? Like, do you do cold plunging? Do you do or are you more like I got to have a little bit more like Caribbean or warm style water? Like, what's uh, what's I, your thing? <laughs> I prefer obviously it's it's much more enjoyable to jump into hot water. Uh, but I have some friends uh, here in Alberta where I'm at right now, and uh, they're all about the cold plunges. So we did we did a Russian sauna. I think it was called a, a ban banya or banya. Uh -huh. And so we did the, sa the sauna outside and then we went and jumped in the ice cold river and got out and laid on the sand. Um, so I like those type of practices. I've, I've uh, done the Wim Hof stuff. So the, the ice baths and, and uh, he, Wim Hof came to Vancouver and I uh, did a, one of his workshops there. That was fun. I enjoy the cold plunging for the mental uh, challenge <laughs> and the physical benefits are you feel great after. Um but uh, I haven't done one probably in a month. I think it was the last time I did one. Cold showers, but those don't really, it's not as cold as like ice <laughs> baths or like, you know, jumping in the river or the ocean. Um, but yeah, it's probably been about a month. Are you a regular cold plunger yourself? I'm not. I'm one of those people, like, I'll turn it up a little bit in the shower, but I feel like, you know, when I'm in control, I won't, like, torture myself yeah, right? <laughs> as much. I'm like, mm, I'm going to try just a little bit. But, yeah, and the, the cold plunge thing, you know, I'm more, I'm kind of weird. Like, I, I, I don't like the cold water, but I will go outside when it's really cold because part of the time I live in Wisconsin. And so I'll get in, like, the frigid cold and just go for a walk or, or a, a mm. cross-country ski. And it, there's something about that that I don't mind that cold. But submerging yeah. myself in cold water is hard. So hard. <laughs> yeah. And some people do it for way too long, too. I, I can't remember. I've seen some studies somewhere. Maybe it was a video on Instagram. Someone was talking about uh, these people that do extreme lengths of cold and your body not being prepared for it or there being side effects to it. So I know there's there's lots of opinions on how much health benefit is it? Is it just a lot of adrenaline rush and the brown fat and all these different things? I don't know. I pay attention to my body and I challenge it as best I can. And then I listen to it. 
So I think there's a healthy balance because speaking, actually going back to that meditation retreat, um, one of the things was, you know, being, they they were talking about people getting itches because a lot of times you're sitting still for an hour, two hours and you get these itches, you got to move. Right. And so they were saying like, just, just allow the itch to be there. Just observe it. I was like, Oh my God, this is really hard. One of the things that came up was my knee. I was sitting cross-legged and my knee was really uncomfortable. It was in a lot of pain. And so I was like, well, they said, just, just watch the sensation. I'll just, just be with it. So I was like, okay. And it got, it started getting really, really painful. And I was like, okay. And I sort of transcended the pain. And it was this sort of beautiful thing of like, oh, the pain doesn't control me. And that was, I was like, oh, wow, I'm like figuring it out and I'm, I'm learning and I'm becoming more enlightened or whatever. And then that night I couldn't sleep. My knee was in so much pain. I, I had ripped some tendon or, I, you know, injured myself. Oh, wow. And uh, so it was a good lesson of like the body is giving you signals and you need to be aware of them. Don't be ruled by them, but understand the significance of the signals your body is giving you and learn to, to, to listen and work with them for what it needs. Um so that's that's kind of my methodology when I approach health regimens and different exercises and trends that are going on is I understand that I can't uh, let my body run the show like, oh, I don't want to be cold. Like, you know, I, I don't want to work out because it's hard um, instead of like instead listen to my body, what it's going through, but also work with my body to push it to strengthen it, to push it to be uncomfortable. But then also know when it's time to take a break. Like when I was in the sauna the other day with my friends, I was like. I was like, all right, guys, it was round two. And I was like, I got to, I got to take a break, man. I can't take this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, just sit lower and you'll, it'll be cooler. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Like my body doesn't want to, my body's like scared and stuff. But it was like, no, I think we can work together. I'm going to sit a bit lower and I made it. I'm, I'm glad I stayed in because it was great. So it's like this balance between the two that I think is necessary. And, you know, there's people on both sides. It's like, you should just listen to your body and you should, you should just, you know, whip your body into a slave state and tell it what to do. And I'm like, I think there's a marriage between the both. I think there's a happy medium that each and every one needs to find for themselves. So. I, I like that philosophy. I mean, obviously as a doc, I, I deal with folks as, as an acupuncturist too. I deal with folks that have a lot of chronic pain and, and trying to figure out like what's pushing yourself too far. What's, mm. you know, what's a good amount of push because I do honestly, I agree with you that we don't push ourselves healthily, let's put it that way, um, enough, because I think that we can endure a lot of things that we aren't going to hurt us, they're going to make us stronger. And so it's that happy balance of feeling things. And and I noted that at one point, you had mentioned something like feel it in your, you know, feeling something in your brain versus your bones. Would you mm-hmm. like give us a little bit more like you were talking about how you came sure. down from down below um, in the sauna, what was going through your head? Like, like in terms of like, no, I need to get out of here. Like, what was the dialogue in your head while you're like, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try this. Uh, so I was like, I was, it was kind of going into the, my mind was spinning. So my mind was like, you're really hot. Um, you know, these guys that you're with have done this before. You haven't done this before. You might hurt yourself. You need to be careful. So there's these sort of like warning bells going off. And I was like, okay, Graham, just calm down. I was like, just assess the reality as opposed to getting stuck in the thoughts. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna be okay. And then in my sort of, it's a deeper knowing and I'll talk and I'll tell another story of how I got to that, but I've developed this sort of deeper knowing. And the deeper knowing was like, you need to be a little bit cooler. You're a little too hot. And it was, I was like, okay. So then I was like, in my mind, the only option was to get out. I didn't think about getting lower in the sauna. So I didn't want to leave though, because I wanted to be with my buddies and I wanted to 
do the challenge and I didn't want to, you know, tap out. So I was really trying to push myself. And then I, I got to that point of remembering the lesson at that meditation retreat of like, you could hurt yourself. So you need to listen to these signals and work with them. So then I was like, okay, well, I said out loud, okay, guys, I got to step out for this one. It's a little too hot. And then the facilitator said, oh, okay. He says, well, or you could just try and sit by the door. If you like, you can get a bit lower and I won't smack you with the branches. Cause there's this Russian thing where they smack <laughs> you with these branches or something. Yes. And I was like, okay, good. So I sat by the door ready to get out if I needed to. And so it's that to me was the process of um, not letting this thing run the show, but listening to what my, the signs my body was telling me. Um, and then the other story I wanted to share was after that 10 day meditation retreat years ago, um, I was in a relationship at the time and it was after the retreat actually. And I was on a Greyhound bus going home and it was like clear as day, this deeper knowing of the relationship I'm in is over. And it made me so angry because I cared about this woman. I loved her and I wanted to be with her. But in the deeper knowing in my being, it was just through the silence, it was revealed to me that this isn't this isn't the path. This isn't the woman that um, that I'm meant to be with that I that is I'm supposed to be with. And if I was really honest with myself, I didn't want to be with her in the long term, in the short term. Yes, I loved her and we were having fun and I was loved. It was great to get to know her and, and blessings to her. But I hadn't made the decision in my mind. It was a deeper knowing. And then so when that knowing came up. It made me very angry because my mind wanted to control over everything. It wanted to say what was what. And it didn't want to just be with and surrender to the reality of what was being presented to me in, in the moment. And so I fought it and I suppressed it. And and beautiful. This is what I love about women. They know. They know. They have a much stronger intuition. And so when I got back and I saw her, immediately the energy was different. And it was like an intuitive level. She knew that I had tuned into this. And she was in a way, almost ready to be like a, you know, peaceful sort of like, okay, like, you know, we'll go our separate ways. But I was so adamant that, no, I want to be with you. No, I want us to be together. And so it went another two months or so. I, I can't remember how many months it was after that, but I remember shortly after that, um, then we split and uh, it was, it was a, a good lesson for me to, I've had many of them in my life, <laughs> <laughs> to be open to and surrender to what is being revealed in that stillness and in that silence, however hard it may be for the mind to accept uh, that truth, that presence is always flowing through us, you know, whether or not we're willing to accept it, it's there for us. And it's, it's always steering us in a way that is for the betterment of ourselves and others. Uh, Cause the truth is, is always that way. It may be difficult, but it is the path forward that is the most sustainable. So that to me is a deeper knowing now is it, it comes from a stillness. So sometimes the mind is really loud in the sauna and it's like, Oh, you're going to die. And all these things are going to happen. And Oh my God, what are they going to think of you? If you, if you leave and you should stay, but if you stay, you might, it's like, that's all the noise. Right. But then the deeper process is just, it's, it's not in my belly, but it's like, like I, when I was on that bus coming home from the meditation retreat, the reason it made me so angry is because it was, it was just a knowing, like it was through my whole being. And I'd never experienced a knowing like that before. It wasn't like, I know the sky is blue. It was, I don't know how else to, it's like how, you know, you enjoy something like you, you know, you love rock climbing. Like no one can right. tell you, you don't love it. You're like, no, I love <laughs> it. You just know it. Right. Right. It's like that type of knowing it's through your whole being. This is the way it is. And when you get that immediately in an instant for something that you didn't 
weren't prepared for, it's very jarring and very disorienting. And that's where I think the faith and surrender element comes in of, you know, are you willing to have the courage and the faith and the surrender to step into this and explore where is this going to lead me? I don't know. Like, that's it's, a beautiful path to take. It's scary. And yeah, and, and beautiful at the same time. I think so many people often get stuck in the knowing and they don't take action. And I think that's mm. where some illness might come from. I, I truly believe that. Totally. Totally. I, 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 yeah, I love what your, uh, your mission is and how you, you're, you're bringing those two worlds together of understanding both of them because they are linked. And in my life, I've had health scares and I know that they are linked to the ways in which I have shut down, suppressed things, ignored the spiritual journey. And so the body sort of produces this result, this symptom that's a reflection of what's going on internally. And, uh, a lot of the times it is dealing with those issues. And then those things, you know, with good nutrition and good hydration, because I often forget to drink water, <laughs> they, they kind of clear themselves up and they work themselves out. Um, you know, obviously there are certain times when you get food poisoning or whatnot, um, other diseases and things that happen. But uh, I have found a lot of my health ailments and symptoms have been a byproduct of the inner world being misaligned. Yeah, it's so, I mean, we are such, we have such infinite intelligence within our bodies. It's, it blows my mind every single mm -hmm. day, like with what I see with, with clients and patients, you know, and, and just talking to you and hearing your stories. Like one of the ones that I found so interesting was your float tank story. When you were talking about like the cosmic love and like her, like, I, I want to tell us about it. Cause I had like the craziest float tank experience ever the first time I did it, but I want to, Oh, I you did too. Oh, like insane. I, I literally, I went to another dimension. I found the portal to somewhere. It was crazy. It's crazy. Can you, do, have you shared this before on your podcast? I have not. I actually didn't even tell anybody other than, because I don't think I had words for it. Maybe I do now, but I was like, I was more stoned than I've ever been stoned in my life. But it was like, I saw colors. I saw lights. I was like flying. Like I turned into a bird. It was wild, but I had like this view of the earth and I was like a bird. And then like somehow I got into a rocket ship. Crazy. And then what happened? Then I came back and then I was <laughs> bummed. I was so bummed. <laughs> but yeah, I went for this like crazy trip and it just showed me like I, I felt like I am so much bigger than the earth. That's the that's like the takeaway I had from it. It was like I instantly like turned into a bird and I was like flying over the mountains and like soaring. It was kind of like those people with those those suits. Wing suits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, then I turned into a rocket ship. So I don't know. But like, like I said, it was the most like, oh, my God, there's more there's more that to this world than just me, you know, and, yeah. and being here present. So that's what I got out of it. So when I heard your story, I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, there's something to these float tanks. So have you been back? To, have you Are you a regular floater? Do you do that often? You know, now that I moved from Washington State, I don't. But I did go back a few times after that because it was just like, I guess the, the bummer for me was is that I couldn't get that same experience. I was like, I want that <laughs> same exact experience. And I couldn't get it. So I was like... <laughs> what was yeah, me, right? same here that's the same thing that i've i had a great first experience and all my you know subsequent experiences have been good as well but nothing compared to the first one i think to me the lesson i've taken from that was you can't go back 
you can't ever try and recreate the past. And that was sacred and special and beautiful for that moment. And by trying to do that, you're robbing yourself of the gift of being surprised in this moment with what you need now. And that's been a difficult one because I've always wanted to re-experience my first float as well. <laughs> it was, um, it was fantastic. So yeah, I can share the story if you'd like. Yeah, do it, do it. Cause I mean, I, I really, yeah, I, I want to ask questions. So go for it. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, so, um, I heard about float tanks from Joe Rogan on the podcast and I wanted to do it, but there was none in Canada at the time. So I, you know, sat in my bathtub for 20 minutes and then I was like, okay, is this kind of what it's like? I don't know. Like this is kind of boring. And then the next time I was like, I'm gonna try it again. Cause I think Joe Rogan said he does it for like an hour and a half. So I want to try and get to an hour and a half. So I got to like 40 minutes and I was like, okay, this is, this is stupid. I, I don't, uh, whatever time goes by. And I found maybe it was like a Craigslist ad or something. I can't remember how I found it. But some guy in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia in Canada, in North Vancouver, he had an apartment and he bought one of these tanks and he was letting people come in and use it. So he posted some Craigslist ad or something on Facebook or whatever it was and said, you know, come in and float. So I was like, oh, okay. So I messaged him and uh, I go to his apartment, you know, some regular guy, like, you know, seemed cool. And so he's like, all right, here's the tank. It was in one of those Samadhi tanks and it's kind of like a long square you know, um, box, kind of like a big coffin kind of thing. And um, he says, here's the tank, you know, shower first and you get in the water and, you know, do your thing. And I was like, okay, cool. And then the last thing he says to me before he leaves, he shuts the door was like something along the lines of like, watch out for the aliens or like heads up or something about the like other beings or something out there. And I was like, ha ha, that's funny. (laughs) Like, (laughs) cool. And then, so I get in the tank, do my sh- or I shower and I get in the tank and I'm laying there and kind of go through a similar process. So when I was in the bathtub, I'm like, okay, is this it? Like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Like, this is weird. The salt's like kind of like floating. It's a very un- unusual experience. And mm-hmm. so the mind starts going, you don't need to do this. You should get out. Like, are you going to drown? Like what's, you know, this is stupid. So I'm about to get up and get out and be like, ah, it was a write-off. Like this was stupid. I don't know what this is all about. And just before I got up, this other part of my being, which was much more grounded and like secure, it just felt more fatherly, said to me, you waited a year and a half to do this. Are you going to get out now? There was no judgment. It was just like, is this is this what you want to do? And it was also within that offering, what if you stay? And so I went, oh, yeah, okay. All right. But and then my mind was like, well, what if you, are you safe? Like, are you going to drown? Like, and then the other part was like, you're okay. You won't drown. You're safe. And I took a deep breath. And I took another deep breath. And then I slowly started to slow down. And then very slowly, it was it, it happened all at once. It wasn't like I did it consciously. It was just by me slowing down and surrendering. It happened like a natural thing. My body like just dissolved. It was like I was disappearing. And then I gently kind of was out of my body and I was floating above this float tank as like a spirit or something. I don't really know. And I was floating above it. And then there was another being beside me just out to my left. And then there was two across from me. And I was immediately within a conversation. We were all discussing what we were going to work on in the time that we had. It was like, I was like a movie scene. You just kind of pop into it. And so I was listening and people were, you know, there were people, whatever they were, were talking and I said, 
I kind of interjected and I said, I think we should focus on one thing and, and just get that done because so much time and the others agreed. And so we were deciding which one we were going to work on. And I moved my attention back to the tank of the subject that we were going to be working on. And I was like, oh, there's a tank. Who is in the tank? Like, who? What is the thing that we're working on in the tank? And before I could be like, that's me, but I'm not in there. It was like I reached for that thought. And as soon as I touched it, I was back in the tank. And I woke up, but it wasn't like waking up from a dream. It was like being shot back into my body, like very, very, um, not violently, but quickly. And it was disorienting and jarring. And I started to cry because I was scared because I was like, I don't know what just happened. And, you know, you're sitting in this dark tank and, you know, water and it's very unusual. So once I got my bearings, I was like, oh, right, I'm in a float tank. Like, whoa, like what just happened? Very different than waking up from a dream and being like, whoa, that dream was so real. Like that was so like very different. I've never experienced that type of reality shift, but I knew I wanted to go back. So I, I laid myself back down in the water, practiced the breathing. And then I think it was Joe Rogan or maybe a, something else I had heard. Someone talked about this mantra and I, no, it wasn't Joe Rogan. It was something else, but effectively the mantra was relax, let go and be open. And so that was what I told myself, relax, let go, be open. And it was maybe 10, 15 seconds of that, breathing, slowing my breathing down and pulled the, kind of like the lever again or whatever, trigger something and I disappeared. And this time, um, I'm going to do my best to use the language that I have, but it's difficult because it wasn't Graham, but I'm going to use the word I because that's the best I have. I became love. I became this all-pervading love that stretches on for eternity, always has been and always will be. Some people call it the source. I call it like this cosmic love. It is what everything is made of to varying degrees. At least that was the experience that I had. And it was the most beautiful thing. It was the most obvious thing. That was also a part of the beauty was, well, of course it's this way. Everything is love. It is all made of this energy. And it was, I, I it's the most significant event uh, experience I've had in my life because it brought me back to how I see the truth of this reality is it is all for the expansion of this conscious love, this, this cosmic love to grow and to expand and to experience. And I had this wonderful experience with it where I moved into it. It was stretching out through the entire cosmos of space and time. And then I could, I could become a tree, a mountain, a bug, a, a little tiny rock, a flower. It was like anything that the attention went to. It was like, boom, and the life burst out of it. And I was a part of that. Wow. It was wonderful. <laughs> and so I went through that. And, and uh, then I rested in this space of love. And the idea or thing was came up to me was, well, where is this thing called Graham? Like, what is this idea of Graham? And so it was like, kind of like I put it into like a cosmic computer. I was like, what is Graham? And then the, the cosmic love thing was like, oh, Graham. And it shifted and everything. And it went and it started focusing very, very small on this, the smallest thing. It was like, that's Graham. That little body down on that planet, way down there. And I was like, oh, and as I brought my attention to that little spot, 
it was like a cosmic, I call it like a, like a giant bathtub, just sort of like the plug being pulled and all this massive love and experience of this was being squeezed and shrunk down through this little portal <laughs> into that body. And that was excruciating. It was, it was just this pressurized squeezing with all these emotions and things. It was, it was very uncomfortable. And then boom, back into my body. I went, came back and I just sat in the tank and cried for maybe, you know, 20 minutes of just in awe of this experience and not having any context for it. I hadn't taken any drugs. I hadn't done anything unusual other than just slowing my breathing down and getting in a tank of water with salt. So it was very like, I don't have an understanding of why this happened and how, and what it means. So then um, I uh, was sitting there just kind of like trying to process this all and digest it. And the guy comes and he knocks on the side of the tank. And that was the cue to like, you know, your time's up, knock back if you hear me. So I, I knocked back and he left and I got out showered and, and I was ready to come out and talk to him and be like, Mike, like, you'll never guess what happened, like this, blah, blah, blah. But he was on the phone and he's like, I come out of the room and he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm on the phone. He says, oh, I'll talk to you later. So just like let yourself out kind of thing because he was busy with some call or something. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for the real world, but like, okay. <laughs> so I walk outside and went and sat on the um, on the grass in the field there and watched this little boy and his mom and, and the boy was playing with a little toy truck or something. He was just having fun in the sun. And uh, it was a, it was a beautiful sort of like reminder that, you know, you can have these wonderful transformative, transformative experiences and to come back to reality of just enjoy this moment and don't forget to have fun and play and, and uh, move forward. So um, that was my first float experience. And ever since then I have wanted to, every time I get in a float tank, I like, Oh, maybe I can go back, <laughs> but uh, I haven't. Um, but it's something I've never forgotten. And it's something that I, I am constantly reminded of under stress or under circumstances where life is dark or difficult. Uh, I go back to that experience and I remember what we all come from, at least from my, from my own understanding and perspective, this, this beautiful love that pervades all that always will be and always has been. And uh, it, to me, it's the same thing that I feel is guiding us to the truth that is always waiting for us to open to it. Um, so that's my float experience. It's it's so cool. It's so cool. I'm bummed that he was on the phone though. I was wanting to know, <laughs> like, what did you what did you say to this dude after? Like, you know, you feel like I don't know. Um, let me tell you this. Like, when I do acupuncture on folks, a lot of times emotions come up. Have you read acupuncture? Uh, once I think I have a phobia of needles, so it's really hard for me to do. <laughs> oh man, I got hairy. I hear you. It's not for everybody, but what will happen often is like people will have like an experience like the float mm. tank with the needles in and, you know, we take the needles out and I can tell you that they've been crying or, or they're just mm. like, where am I? And so I love to be able to sit down and be like, so, you know, what happened? Tell me about it, you know, and, and give them that closure because, and, and I, I didn't do that before the float tank because I had a similar experience. I came out of the float tank. The, the gal in the front of the place was just kind of doing her thing. She's like, Hey, you know, yeah. we'll see you. You got a three pack. We'll see you in a week or whatever, you know? Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. 
you're lo- and you're like looking you're probably like me looking for somebody to be like holy crap oh, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I was actually i was a little in shock to be honest yeah. like i was um it was yeah it, it took me a while to integrate that and i didn't tell anyone about it for quite a quite a long time um but then when i started sharing it i recognized people would look at me and they'd be like whoa man i was like yeah i know right like that's crazy like and then i was like oh like this is actually there's something to this and then I heard, I've heard other people's experiences um, that have something similar, uh, whether it be a float tank or a psychedelic or, or some, you know, their own journey of breath work, um, that there's something that we're tapping into that is beyond this physical 3D reality. Um, and it's a, a fascinating journey to go on. So w- when, when you came out of your float tank, what was the impact in your life after you kind of became a rocket ship and a bird? Like, <laughs> how did that change your life? How did that change your perspective on life? It it changed it for me. You know, this is gonna sound so crazy, but like when you go through medical school, and I am a naturopath, not not a conventional doc, but when you go through the medical school program, even though I did all the work with herbs and, and nutrition, it was different. You still think that you're, you know, we still fall into the paradigm of what conventional medicine is you think you're the authoritative I'm going to solve people's problems kind of thing and I would beat myself up when I couldn't figure it out I'm like oh you're so dumb or oh you know whatever and at that moment I was like wait everybody has the ability to heal themselves and to fly and to you know and so I got this deeper meaning of what it is for for that but then I also from that got this feeling of like, I want to always feel like I am flying or that thing and and how that felt for me internally. So how does it feel for Janine internally when she's flying? What does that feel like? Free. I'm in, I'm flow, right? I'm in flow zone. And, and it it just feels so good. It's like when you're in water, it's like same thing, you know, that's one thing about water and it's always felt that way for me. I don't know if you have a connection with water. Like this is it when you just like put your hands there and you're just kind of floating. I think, I I think of it when I'm in the Caribbean, you know, you just, I don't know. There's just something like I'm supported by the water and I, it just feels so good. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And how often do you step? is, Is that something you, you think about daily of like stepping into this flow or stepping into this flying feeling, or how do you get that in your regular day? So when I meditate in the morning, that's like, I imagine my bed being like a waterbed. Um, and I'm just like laying there trying to like find that flowy feeling within my body. And I'll start with that. So I don't make so many lists, right? That was kind of my oh. counterbalance to to making my, my listen. And really, you know, lately it's been the feel, like feeling my way through things. I mean, I, I know that Abraham Hicks and those folks talk about this stuff a lot, you know, feel it, feel it. But yeah, it's been more the feel. Do you do you do any of that where you're like, I, I want to feel internally a certain way and, and set the tone for the day? Yeah, I think um, there's a couple things I'll do. I know uh, for me, discipline is important to get my body moving. I know that sometimes I don't feel like getting my body moving or getting some fresh air, you know, these types of things, even though after I do it, I feel much better. Um and then in terms of feeling a certain way, I feel naturally when I am free from insecurities, doubts, false belief systems, anxieties, that I naturally will rise. And I believe this is true for everybody. Mm-hmm. We naturally rise. We naturally, our vibration, our frequency, our, our emotional state, um, our psychological state, they naturally rise towards this peak. 
And so for me, it's not necessarily about pushing myself there. It's about recognizing what's holding me down. So for me, if I'm, if I'm waking up in the morning, I'm feeling a little anxious or I'm feeling tired or whatever, depressed, uh, low energy. I go check in. I learned this from a woman named Mandy Morris, just like a daily check-in. How am I feeling? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then is this even mine? Is this something that, you know, maybe a relationship or someone conversation that somebody had that, or that energy is on me and I need to let that go. Um, very often it's, um, a story or a, like a program that's just over here. And if I take the time and the, the space, give it the space, it kind of brings it into focus. And I get this playful curiosity where this becomes over here. And I go, Oh, I was worried about what people thought about me in that circumstance or this scenario or this, or this is why I wasn't taking action on this thing because I was scared. Mm-hmm. And now that I see it, I acknowledge the fear. I acknowledge this insecurity. I move with courage and love into this. And I ask for guidance or I, I ask for that sort of like higher purpose to put my own stuff aside and to be um, led into service. Like you were saying earlier, led to serve others. Then this thing can, can leave me. I can learn from it. And then naturally I am, I am lifted. And so that to me is like the process that I go through. If I'm feeling down, it's like, okay, so what's holding me down? Because as soon as I bring love to that and awareness to that, I'll like a hot air balloon, you cut those sandbags off and then poof, away you go. Um, so, and then sometimes that's physical exercise. Sometimes you just need to get the blood going and some oxygen, right? Like that can be it too, <laughs> or some good yeah. food. I can't tell you, I have a good smoothie in the morning with my wild blueberries and like barley grass and spirulina and uh, <laughs> spinach and cilantro. And I, I drink, I'm like, my body goes, it just lights up. And I'm like, oh, right. You got to give it good nutrition too. And it, you'll, you'll feel lighter. You'll feel, you know, more energetic. So there's, there's the the mind, body and spirit, you know, they all go together. Um, it's not just one thing. So, you know, you got to work them all in. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of people might be thinking like, okay, Graham, so you got to work them all in. What else do you do? You know, what's, what's Graham's uh, like day like for, for optimal wellness? Give us, give us the breakdown of what you're working in and keeping in the flow with. Uh, well, my most recent thing that I'm really enjoying is uh, a friend of mine invited me to go play basketball with some friends um, every Tuesday, is it? Yeah, because today's Wednesday because it was yesterday. And I hadn't played organized sports since I was in high school. And the act of playing full out, not I'm on a gym and I'm running on a treadmill trying to beat my time from yesterday, but I'm playing physically hard similar probably to rock climbing where you are challenged by this and you're having fun doing it. I, I don't care what you do, but if you can find something that you find fun and that is physical, you will get so much more benefit than 10 push ups and then 10 pull-ups. And then this like, great. If you want to do a bodybuilding stuff, that's fun. That's fine. I just find for me and for most people that I talk to, you get so much more mileage when you have an activity that you can have fun doing. And for me, basketball is one of them where you're running back and forth and I'm exhausted and I don't want to run anymore, but there's a breakaway. And I immediately get this flood of energy and I'm like, I don't know where this came from, but boom. And then I'm sprinting again. And I'm like, if I was at the gym and some <laughs> trainer was saying, and sprint again to the other side, I'd be like, no, I'm done. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, I think um, to me, whatever, wellness thing it is that I'm I'm practicing is I look to be fascinated, to be curious, to, to have fun doing it. So, you know, whether it be smoothies that I'm doing or juicing celery juice or 
Um, I just, I want to find things that I'm interested in, I'm having fun with, and that, that have a, an exploration and a growth to. So, um, you know, if I hear about a new health trend or something that somebody's doing, I'm like, cool, let me check it out. Cold plunging. Cool. Check. <laughs> let me check it out. But I'm not going to continue doing it just because it's trendy or because everybody else is doing it. I need to know what is this doing for my body? Like, so I feel great when I drink celery juice and do my heavy metal detox smoothie. Those things are great. They feel awesome. Playing basketball with my friends feels awesome. Meditation, doing the red light therapy. That's a new one. I was like, you know, having these red lights. I'm like, okay, does that actually do anything? Like there's some science behind it, but how do I feel? Yeah, I feel a little bit better. Cool. Okay. I like that. Um, so, you know, there's, there's all these different things that I know many people probably talk about on your podcast that can really help. Um, my, I always come back to the relationship to myself and my body and putting that as a primary focus, because I believe that intuition is, is giving you or the Holy spirit or God, or however you see that is giving you the guidance that compass is always showing you where to go. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to listen to it and to move into it. And, you know, your brain's like, you've tried everything or you've done this already, or it's not going to work or, or yes, it's supposed to work because so-and-so is doing it and they're doing it and they say it's working. So it should work for me. But deep down, you're like, mm, this isn't, you know, um, doesn't feel right. So uh, my health and wellness journey has has been a process of listening, of having fun, of challenging myself uh, to be disciplined and to not get, what's the word, like, um, you get like scared of everything like you're like oh my god like this has chemicals in it or this this is gonna put it's like you can't you can't you gotta live your life you're gonna get exposed to things you know do your best yes. <laughs> don't freak out about it yes and canada has amazing ketchup chips and they have all kinds of stuff in them but i will eat them suckers <laughs> those in the cheese i don't know if they're called the crunchy cheesy things oh dang i get over there and i'm like the cheetos like they're like Cheetos, but they're but they're the Canadian version of Cheetos. I don't know what you call them, cheesies I, or. I don't, know. I don't even know. I don't eat. <laughs> uh, but ketchup chips are really good. I my first <laughs> time I had them, I ate so many I puked because I love them so much. It's like, yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. I think that's a really huge. You know, just saying not being afraid of everything because I think in my industry in particular, that's the one thing I don't want to do to folks, right? Is like, make them afraid of all the, you know, like, oh, you have to do organic else you're going to die, or you have to do all these things. Like, yes, in certain conditions, you might want to clean your body out and do it a little bit. But like you said, like, how do things feel for you? Are you having fun? That is like my number one. Yeah. Thing. And 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 I know that there are some people out there that have, you know, very serious health conditions, and that might take a different path for them. They may need to be a bit more strict because their immune systems or their bodies are on such difficult situations that they really need that structure and that strict sort of approach. I'm not saying that it's, you know, that that isn't in a specific case. I think for some people, they may need to be very specific about what they put in their body. Cause you know, whatever the, the seed oils or the chemicals or whatever in, in certain things might make it that much worse for them because of how delicate the situation is. I'm saying in general, for most people, that's the approach that I think is important. And because otherwise you get, uh, it's almost like superstitious or like you, you, you can't live your life and everything is out to get you and attack you. And, and it's like, I mean, we are protected and our bodies are so strong and are able to deal with so much. And it is, we want, we want to do our best, I believe, to give our body the nutrition it needs and to be able to detox and, and move things through us. Um, however, think about the stress. If we're, if we're worried about all these like, you know, things and it's causing all this stress and then that's doing a lot of damage. So it's like, okay, like, <laughs> 
you have to have that sort of like relaxed and 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 uh, faith that uh, you will be given the tools that you need in the moment that you need them uh, to to move forward for more healing and more growth. Um, and don't be stressed about it. Don't don't uh, work yourself up into a frenzy um, with all the craziness in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So of course I'm gonna be like, what are you drinking? <laughs> what you got there? <laughs> Give us a scoop. Organic coconut water. <laughs> nice. He's hydrating well, folks. <laughs> hydrating. Thirsty Buddha. Not Thirsty. sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put that out there, of course. Oh, my goodness. No, that, that looks good. Like good stuff there. So we've talked about so many things, Graham. My goodness. Like, I think I could probably talk to you for like five hours about all of the, the things out there and, and all the things that folks have tried but and, and you've tried. But I think the biggest thing that I would love folks to take away um, from this podcast is to really just hear it from you in terms of, you know, like you've said already, you know, finding fun, feel, you know, feel what feels right, you know, look, look into the body that way. And we didn't talk about your podcast. We didn't talk about your books. And so of course, mm. I want you to, to give folks a little bit of background on the books, find your truth and the time has come book. So folks could look into that. They've heard you now, sure. hopefully they can glean some more information from you. So give us a scoop on your books. Sure. So uh, I never saw myself as a poet. Uh, I almost failed English class in high school. I was a big math and physics guy. Uh, did not like English at all. <laughs> um, but over time, uh, through the struggles that I went through in my younger years, uh, my mom had uh, encouraged me to write in a journal as a way to process the things I was going through. And bless her. Thank you so much, mom, for encouraging me to do that, because that's what led me to writing poetry or, or the sort of condensed version of what I was feeling inside and trying to express it to get it out. Um, and it's been a beautiful tool for me. So I started doing this back in high school and then years went by and I was working with a coach uh, that was a part of the Tony Robbins organization. And in the conversation, he basically challenged me to put these, these writings into a book. And I went, I'm not interested in that because I just, this is for me. Like, I'm not, why, why, you know, I can't remember how I came up, but he anyway said, no, I, I, you know, you should do this and, and encourage me to. And he said, you could donate the money to charity. Cause I was like, I don't want to make any money. Like, why, why I don't want to do this. Like, that's not my thing. He said, we well, can donate the money to charity. And having been through some sexual abuse in my past, he knew the charity that was important to me, protecting young kids and giving them help. And so he said, you could donate money to this charity that you care about. And now I was like, I don't have a reason to say no. <laughs> this is so important to me, this this charitable organization. And uh, all I have to do is take these poems and put them in a book and I can raise money for this charity. So I did. And I didn't really think it would go anywhere, but um, I sold quite a few copies and raised a bunch of money and it went very well and people really enjoyed it. And I'm very grateful for that. And and for that journey is basically, you know, writings that I had, poems, and then photographs that I had taken and I married them together in this book called Find Your Truth. And to me, Find Your Truth, uh, at the time, it was just, again, a name similar to Time Has Come that came to me. Uh, I was out uh, on the street. Uh, I was in Calgary. I was shooting season two of the television show Heartland. And I had walking around and I saw this broken mirror. And I just started playing with the mirror. And I forming different things and i just i just this phrase came to me find your truth so i just spelled it in the mirror and i took a photo and i and i left and that photo's in the book but to me it's it's this message 
of finding that inner core, that your connection to truth, um, and living that and moving into that stillness where it resides. So that's the name of the first book. And the poems uh, are about a mix of um, darker times going through struggles, but also um, deep insights. Um, one of my favorite poems is be honest with yourself and the rest is easy. All fears are spiritual revelations hidden behind your efforts to control your world. And to me, that was something that came to me that was a deep insight that was very helpful for me um, and reminds me to be honest with myself, even when my mind doesn't want to acknowledge something, but it's just, it's just me trying to control things. And once I let go of that control, a spiritual revelation, this insight, this beautiful blessing to help me grow and to continue to thrive comes through me, but I have to let go of control and be honest with what's in front of me. And then my next book is right here, which <laughs> I didn't plan on writing. Time has come. Same name as the podcast. Um, people who enjoyed my first book, they um, they said, when's your next book coming? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to write another book. Um, and then uh, bless them for their encouragement and and uh, and supporting me in the, in the creation of this book. So from February of 2022, I, uh, I started writing this book uh, i would put out a poem every week and then i've structured this a little differently where there's a poem but there's also a reflection portion so i include the audience or the reader to think about their own life and 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 give them an opportunity to take that time to move inwardly so i believe poetry is a great reflection point it's a great point of contemplation to feel to experience to move deeper and so I give my perspective, I give my sort of like, here's my insight or my, what I heard when I was listening. And then I invite the reader and the listener or the listener to go, what would you hear? Or how would you deal with this? Or what does this mean to you? And then I also, on the next page, I give a little sort of background of where the poem came from or a little bit of an expansion upon this idea. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a poetry book, but it's also like sort of like this journey that I take people on and include them. I, I, try my best to include the the readers in this because I want it to be a conversation. I want it to be impactful. So it's not just consumption, it's integration and then creation into life where people can then go, Oh, wow. Like, yeah, like this, this changed how I think about things or, or whatever. I, 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 that was very important to me. So that's my, my next book time has come and you can get that on Amazon. Um, my first book is, is not physical anymore. I don't have more physical copies sold out of those but it's still digital. You can still buy the digital copy. And um, yeah, I'm donating a portion of the proceeds of this book to Operation, Operation Underground Railroad who uh, help uh, child stop, stop, stop child trafficking. Um, so they have operations around the world and they do fantastic things. So uh, that's a cause that's close to my heart. So that's also being supported by uh, the purchase of the book. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, your whole concept behind the books and I was, was hoping you'd share all of that is is really getting people to interact and instead of just consuming because I feel like I don't know how many books I have on my shelf or many of my patients have on their shelves and they'll bring them in and be like I read all these books on diet and nutrition and I still can't lose weight and you're like oh but when we have that ability to interact with a book now you're giving folks a gift 
that's huge. So huge. yeah, it's it's like you can eat all the food you want, but if you're not digesting it properly and being able to absorb the nutrients, who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like or if it's not nutrient, there's no nutrients in it. It's not it's not you know fulfilling and, and enriching. Then you know, eat as much as you want. It's just cardboard. It's not going to actually do you any good. So you know, it's not a thick book. I don't have a ton of poems in there. I think there's only around thirty. Um, but I, I really worked to make sure that the poems in there were close to my heart and were coming from my heart. And I, I really wanted to communicate that to people, um, for them to feel, for them to, to reflect, for them to move closer to their own relationship to sacredness, whatever that is, however they see that, however they experience that, that's the best gift that I've ever been given. And I want to continue that and do my part to uh, share context or share experiences with others so that they can do that as well. Because I think when we live from that place, it's sustainable, it's freeing, it's liberating, and it's the most powerful, beautiful place to come from. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Your podcast also does that as well. You've kind of got a very good theme in that department. You know, you've inspired my husband and I, of course, to really, awesome. you know, work on work on ourselves. And and one of the things that you always end your podcast with that I absolutely love. And I I want to know, you know, because you ask everybody about this magic painting. And I brought one of mine with me here. Um I'm I'm actually oh, cool. I'm actually recording at my cousin's house and I brought it all the way down from my house because I wanted I wanted to to share that but I but I want to hear about your magic painting first. So sure. give give folks the background on on the magic painting question that you came up with while you were bored. Um <laughs> it and, was after yeah, it's totally it's, it's once you move through the boredom that all these things come. And so same with the flow tank, same with this magic painting question. I was on set, really bored. Uh, waiting for the lights to get set up and and uh no cell phones we know nobody had cell phones back then on set uh nowadays everybody's on their phone when you're on a break and this question just kind of popped into my head it was just playful and fun and i don't know where it came from and i think we're all great ideas come from just out there and uh i thought it was great and i thought it was fun so i asked the people that were around me and uh it was actually the, the on-set costumer devora i said devora if you had like a magic painting on your wall and anytime you looked at that painting, you could feel any type of feeling you wanted to feel to any degree that you wanted to feel it. What feeling would you choose? And like, what would be on your painting? And she gave me this answer. And I was like, whoa, I don't remember what it was. Sorry, Devorah. I don't remember <laughs> what her answer was, but I remember being, wow, like that's so unique. And also so reflective of how I feel about you as a person. Like that's like generally the vibe I get from you. So it was, it was a, it was a really cool match to that. So then I just started asking people on set this question. Some people were kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't want to answer that. Like, it's very personal and very like vulnerable. And I was like, oh, sorry. I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Some people really don't like talking about that kind of stuff. But over time, I've, I've learned how to approach people and build rapport to generate the space so that they can feel comfortable sharing. But uh, that's, that's the question. And what I love about asking this question to people is the follow-up to that is, how does it feel in your body? And if you were to try and teach someone or tell someone what it feels like, how would you explain it to them? And it puts the person in the mode of teacher. And then they have to generate the feeling to, uh, to explain it to you and to teach it to you. And so then they start feeling it. And as they're feeling it, they start getting excited. I can feel it. And as an actor, you know, that's one of the, the, the skills you need is how to generate feelings and how to tune into them. 
And so I get excited because I'm learning a new feeling. I'm learning something about them. And it's definitely, you know, the reflective of, you know, the, who they are, or how I'm getting to know them. Like, of course, that's your answer. <laughs> so that, that to me is, is the magic painting question. That's why it's so exciting for me. Cause I get to feel it as well. And it's very reflective of who that person is and sort of like they're, it's like this sort of like, um, I don't know, you call it like an aura or something like that. It's just kind of emanating out of them. Um, so yeah, that's the question. I want to hear yours, Janine, because <laughs> I love asking people this question, but, uh, <laughs> mine it's, it, it's shifted over the years. I've, uh, when I first came up with the question, it was this feeling of excitement, like you're on a roller coaster. And it's one of those old wooden ones and it's clicking up like this, click, 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 click. And then you get to the top and you, the clicking stops. And it's that moment just before you go over the top and then you have a decision. Are you going to be scared? Or are you going to hold on and have fun? So to me, it's this, it's this feeling of like, this is, this is exciting. It's scary, but I'm okay with it. And I'm going to run, I'm going to run with it. I'm going to have fun on the way down. So it's feeling fear, but effectively moving into that and enjoying the process and not letting it overcome you. And then having that excitement and that rush of, of that fun. That was the first answer that I came up with. And like I've said to many people, I said, you know, you have different magic paintings for different chapters of your life, even different days. You know, some days I need to look at a painting and, and feel this way or whatever, or it'd be really nice to feel this way. It's really reflective often of what's going on internally. And so for me in this moment, I'm feeling a lot of appreciation and gratitude. Um, so the feeling would be, it would be an expansive love and appreciation um, like a family. It's almost like a big family that I'm hugging and we're strong. It's a strong family and there's a love and appreciation for each and every one. And when I say strong, it's like, we're not like any, like we're not, um, we're independent. We're, we're supporting each other. So that there's strength and like we, we have each other's backs and there's a love and appreciation for that. And it's beautiful. And the painting would be, I see like the sun and like the ocean and like people playing on the beach, like having a, maybe it's like a beach volleyball game or, or some sort of like, there's some sort of game happening. And there's good food. <laughs> that's that's Absolutely. what it is right now in this moment. That's what I got. You're getting hungry, you? maybe. So, <laughs> so my my magic painting, of course. I after I heard one of your podcasts where you had asked this, I immediately went to a painting that I have in my house that a friend had painted, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like that's like my magic painting, and that's why I keep bringing it with me everywhere." And so back to the flow thing, back to the water thing. I have a huge water theme. I love anything with water. Kind of like you were saying at the ocean, it's more like riding a wave and riding mm. the wave that a tidal wave of change and a tidal wave of, you know, like you're saying, kind of like love, but I think in my word might be more of like a big old hug with, as the wave mm. comes down, it just goes out and just hugs everybody. That's, that's where I would be going for with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so that and that's the painting too is like the the ocean wave. Check this out. So it's kind of big, but I'm gonna move it over here. So let's see what you. Oh see. wow! Check this out. So this is a wave and a, a moon, and then we've got like the whole wave kind of coming back around here. My my one pal, um, Michelle Yamamoto, painted that 
And I, every time I look at that painting, I'm like, that is my, that's how I want to feel. Like the chick on the wave, just riding it and just yeah. delivering the love. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. But I love it. I wanted to share that because I was like, oh my God, I love every time you ask folks about it. Cause it's so much fun to hear what people say. Isn't it? It's, and it's so, it's so unique too. And now, and as I'm talking to you now and getting to know you uh, again, it's that same feeling of like, well, of course that's Janine's painting. Like that's, that's the energy that you're emitting. It's like, it's your, it's your essence. It's like your, uh, your frequency, right? It's like that, that's it at its core. That's beautiful. I love it. Do you surf or do you uh, jump out in the ocean a lot? I like, I like to get in the ocean. I've only surfed a few times. I really want to more. And it's kind of one of those things that I'm like, I've been wanting to go to Tofino for it. And so it's been in my mind, like, I need to get up there. I need to get up there. So it's been, it, it's, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. One day. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. Jenny. Awesome. I love that. Thanks for sharing. No problem. Graham, my goodness. We've talked about so many things and, and I really loved just just chatting with you and I, I look forward to hopefully getting you back on and chatting some more. So thank you so much for what you're doing for everybody. And, and thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeannie, for having me. This has been fun. I appreciate it. Hey, fellow health junkie. Thanks for listening to the health fix podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please help support me to get the word out about the podcast, subscribe, rate and review, and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.